0: Well, 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 what a difference a half a week makes. What a difference three days makes feel good. Vibes as the Jays respond to a loss in the opener in KC with three straight victories. Now, four and three on the season after the victory. Six-three, the final and the finale of a four-game series. Full Tim and Friends post-game show on the way. And it wouldn't feel right without Jamie and Joe, so they will pop by in a flash. Jesse Rubinoff. Is here as always with your reactions at Tim and friends. We'll also hear from the Skip and Casey. Arden swelling with one of the stars of the game. We will get you not only all the post game that your heart desires, but first looks at the Rogers Center as they get set to home, uh, host the home opener on Tuesday. We've got you until 6.30 Eastern, so settle in with us. And if you're just getting home from school or work, let me explain why Jays fans are feeling good as the club heads to Anaheim no Kool-Aid to this keg party today well, at least till the 8th the Jays came to play everyone but George Springer let me explain though only because he had the day off today five hit game and opening day just two hits since so he is on the bench watching this top of the first Vladimir Guerrero Junior starts it off base hit the other way then Dalton Varsho, three for four in Wednesday's win rips one down the line sets up runners on second and third with one out. Next batter is Matt Chapman coming in hitting just 522 on the season. He goes off the wall both runs come around to count and the Jays have the early two 0 lead. Meanwhile Kevin Gossman making his second start of the season off to a good start Bobby Witt Junior can hit. Not here, he's frozen. MJ Melendez, the splitter chased. Jay Starter looking good early on. Top two, two away. Kevin Kiermeyer makes a little contact. It gets on through. Kiermeyer, a little heads up base running as he is wont to do. Yeah, go for two, take that extra base. Next batter, Bo Bichette. Looks like he has popped out in foul territory. Melendez over and drops the ball so three pitches later son of a Bichette they make him pay.
1: Here's a liner to right that
0: scores easily after taking the extra base and it is a three nothing Jays lead. New look Chase bottom two Vinny Pasquantino that one I think he might be Italian. Hits one back to Gossman catches him in the foot recovers to make the play. He would be okay, trust me. Top four. High fly ball. Kevin well to Biggio right. opens his account. Wall, a solo bomb. Gone. Six homers last year, his Way first the of the year this year, and the it's Royals 4 nothing Jays, man. top first five. First I, I think That's Vladdy's seeing it well. a wee bit.
1: Vladimir Guerrero Jr. launches one to left center field, and it's gone. His second in as many games. And it is now a five to nothing lead. And look at how far that one went.
0: Vladdy, as you heard, second in as many games. It is the second home run of the afternoon. First game they've had multiple home runs this year, and it's five-nothing. Bottom five, Gossman showing no ill effects after the comebacker. Struck out the side. Brings his total seven K's on the afternoon allowing just two base runners through five innings. He goes six plus seven K's. No earned runs. The ERA is zero. Now it did get a little nervy late. The Jays hang on for a six three victory. Adam Simber on for the save. It's going down. We're yelling Simber. All right. I'll move on. Arden
2: swelling with Kevin Kiermaier after the game. Arden. Well Kevin you had the hustle play today in the second inning turning a dribbler up the middle into a double what are you looking for out of the box that tells you you have that shot. I think double out the box right away. I've been doing that uh, my whole career. 98% of the time I go back to first, but um, that one hit off the pitcher's glove and I knew it trickled into center. And, and, uh, you know, once I round first and see the space between the ball and the outfielder, that's when I make my decision. I like my chances and, you know, just try to create momentum any way I can from the nine hole down there. And, uh, you know, those doubles, they're fun for me. That's what I love to do. It is not a small outfield for you to patrol here in Kansas City. How important is it to get good reads off the bat? good jumps when you're playing here. Yeah, that's key. No matter where you're here anywhere else, you want to I want to stay locked in every pit, every pitch. Um, and you know, that's that's my game out there. That's my MO and and, uh, you know, I got really good outfitters next to me, and we all set the tone for each other. So we're out there trying to make plays for our pitchers to help us win, and, and uh, you know, we did a good job uh, this series with that. And finally, you've seen a lot of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as an opponent. What's it like seeing him up close on your side now? Ooh, I'm glad we wear the same jersey. I'll tell you that. He's incredible, though. Young superstar, acts the way uh, a young superstar should. Um, he's incredible. I can't wait to watch him all year. He's impressed me so much, but uh, man, he he puts in the work and all his success has not come by surprise. He is incredible, and uh, he's going to be doing damage in this league for years to come. All right, Kevin, thanks so much. See you in Anaheim, man. Thank you.
0: Kevin Kiermaier, Arden Welling in KC, Jamie and Joe in the studio. I said it wouldn't feel right if you guys weren't here. Can we just make this the Budweiser studio? Can we do that? Let's Let's do it. You got a cooler yeah. over there. I see. What's in it? I do. We might have to open the fridge. Let's pop it open <laughs> and get you a couple of a uh, couple of cold ones. All right. So, what Whoa. a difference a Wait. couple of days made.
3: Sorry, the part you started with Kesha. You, was that a Kesha reference I just heard on the highlights? <laughs> I'm kidding. Me? What's? I think it's Camel. How old is, Kesha. is your oldest child? How do you
0: know who Kesha is? Twelve. But they all got the TikTok thing where they all do the dances to all those things. So, yeah, Adam Simber gets a reference on this show. I said off the top what a difference like a half a week makes, three days makes. Like, it's just the vibes right now versus the vibes after game one of the series,
3: drastically different. Jamie, you've been around for a while. Like How do you explain these vibes? Well, I've been around long enough like you have been mm-hmm. to know that when people react the way they do after – a one and three start, mm-hmm. you just settle things down, right. wait for things to evolve, and let's be quite frank, that's not the finest major league team they have in Kansas City. No. So the Blue Jays went in there and did exactly what they should have done in taking three of four. But we know from experience that the season is ultra long. They are now exactly where they were after seven games a year ago. We've seen teams, most recently, the Philadelphia Phillies, who were eight games under. 500 at the end of May can right. you believe the panic in this country if the Blue Jays were that far below 500 <laughs> it was pretty big in Philly too. At yeah. the end of May right and they ended up in the World yep. Series yep. so but that's what we love about Blue Jays fans is the passion right they get yeah. passionate after one game and the game, game. And yeah. the
0: game right at yeah. 162 that's the beauty of 162 is we yeah. we have this kind of roller coaster sure. that we all ride along we saw Kevin Gossman look good again Joe
4: That doesn't surprise you anymore, right? I said to Jamie, I think it was about the fifth inning, was it, when I said it's almost like a man pitching against boys in Kansas City this afternoon. It's like he wasn't really breaking a sweat. I know Arden came in during the broadcast and talked about his velocity being down significantly, and I had mentioned it to Jamie, too, but... When somebody's pitching as well as he is, it's not really a concern. Maybe we'll hear something post-game. Mm-hmm. But remember last year, as good as Kevin is, and I know he's the old batting average on balls in play. We keep talking about that. But the four-seam fastball does get hit. Mm-hmm. And he talked in spring training, maybe doing something a little different, maybe fluctuating the velocities during a start. Now, that was a conversation about Manoa, too, because his velocity were down, velocities were down a little right. bit as well. So maybe Kevin's doing something along those lines. But when you're pitching like that, it's not a concern at all. Now it is. It's the Kansas City Royals. If he his first pitch is 88-89 against the Yankees, it might not play as well. We'll see. Right. I'm not trying to go like old
0: man back in my day here. Uh, I do have a gray beard. But watching Manoa's fastball velo around, I guess it was an average of 91.5. Zach Grinke topped out at 91 yesterday. And I know a lot of it is about velo these days. But... Could the pendulum be ready to switch back to when we were watching Greg Maddox (laughs) kind of, like maybe the offset of all of that velo might be, we
3: might start seeing pitchers again. Well, I don't know if you heard what Buck Martinez said after Arden welling reported the drop in velocity, or more specifically, alerted it to viewers, I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was right there on the screen, and Buck, as expected, came on and said, hey listen, sometimes pitching is way more important than velocity we have reached that era right where guys throwing 102 and 103 are oh so impressive but in recent days I've seen for example Jordan Hicks yeah. not being able to do anything with 103 and we're well versed on Nate Pearson not being able to do much at the major league level with 100 plus right um Julian Merriweather I mean you know, how many times did we watch his 100 plus get whacked out to right field? So um, I love seeing guys who don't necessarily need high 90 stuff mm-hmm. navigate around a lineup as do you. It's amazing two of these guys that can do it almost whatever
4: way they want. Manoa is showing it, Gosman showed it today that they don't have to be up. You know, Alex probably that 93 guy, but Gosman will get it up to 96, 97 at times. but didn't need it at all, was it because it was the Kansas City Royals or because he's got that splitter that is a devastating pitch. He could tell guys when it's coming. Yeah. I don't think he'd get hit. So those are great signs. I mean, I don't think I would trade velocity for anything. I'm a big fan of pitching also at whatever speed that may be and changing speeds and moving the ball in and out. way. Well, that's a wonderful thing, but give me 96, 97 in the tank when you need it, and I bet either one of those guys will take it.
0: Yeah, listen, Grinky's pitching for the Kansas City Royals because he doesn't have that velocity anymore, mm-hmm. but you can find ways to still be effective. Grinky's done it. Manoa does it repeatedly, and I just love seeing it as a guy that grew up with Greg Maddox oh, and yeah. watching what he did with that ball. It's kind of those little placements in that pitching. I know. Uh, I know. Vladdy got his first placata last night. He adds another <laughs> one today. Uh, I said he's kind of sort of seeing it. Joe, you you know because you've been at that level. Are you seeing the same thing we're seeing from Vladdy, where it's just it seems like he is on it right now?
4: Yeah, and when I say on The way you say he's locked in, to me it's a comfort feeling. He looks comfortable at the plate. When a hitter looks comfortable, I know as a catcher back there, it scares you. Because when a hitter's comfortable, they're under control. They can probably handle both the fastball and the breaking pitches. And to me, when Vladdy's not himself, when we've seen those stretches in the past, and several of them last year even. It's like hitters get a little amped up, they get a little juice, they're, they're panicking a little bit, everything becomes rushed. And especially for a guy like Vladdy, he goes in a little stretch, maybe he's two for his last 15 or something. So everything becomes rushed. That move to the baseball becomes rushed. When right. you rush that move to the baseball, now suddenly as a catcher, I got him right where I want him because I know we can rush the fastball in on him. We know we can spin it because he's not going to pick it up. But right now, that move he's got, that little toe tap and that move to the ball, it's controlled and he's feeling pretty good. And we see him start elevating the ball like we do. He does things that other people can't, right? He hits ground balls 105, 110 miles per hour. That's why he gets so many hits. Right. That's why he he really is like nobody else. But as we keep seeing him continue to get that ball up in the air a little bit more, he could be off to the races.
3: That's why I love sitting with Joe, because we can see him hit balls into the fountain at Kauffman Stadium, but Joe still <laughs> reminds us that, remember all those ground balls from last year and right. the year prior? and. And the fun thing about watching them now is that they're coming off the barrel at 105, 110 miles an hour. So even what looks like a ground out to short ends up as a base hit through the hole. It's not ideal. I mean, he wants to get the no. ball in the air. right?
4: And I think velocity will play. We saw Jordan Jordan Lyles was like 90 mile per hour, I think, on the fastball today. But when you start seeing that 95-97, like he will with some of these guys coming out of the Yankees' bullpen and those kinds of guys, that's when you're challenged. And when that move is rushed on that, that's when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how he plays.
0: And another thing with Vladdy is sometimes chasing, right? And so far this year, at least heading into this game, uh, he had the best
4: strikeout rate in the major leagues at 3.4%. Did not strike out again today. And part of that was mechanical. A lot of people will say, oh, what's he doing? Well, that to me, mechanically, if he's sound, as I was talking about, under control like that, you're mm-hmm. slowing things down you're seeing the ball better so now you can identify
3: spin a little better lay off that slider away or that fastball up and in I said this to Joe during the broadcast no major league hitter really knows who they are at the plate and so many of them say this until they've had 1500 big league at bats and what we get to watch now with Vladdy with Bo to a lesser degree Kevin Biggio are guys who just aren't kid they're not kids anymore in the big leagues right they are well-worn major league players who have now faced the Jordan Lyles of the world several times. Mm-hmm. So they have a really good idea of what the plan should be, whether it's Grinky, whether it's Shohei. It doesn't matter who it is. They're not these fresh-faced kids anymore. They've got some miles on them. Right. And I think over the course of this season, we'll see that from these guys. I mean, Bo's already led the league and hits twice already. Goodness knows what he's capable of doing. And they haven't even reached when you think about it. I remember Vernon Wells told me, you don't really reach your prime as a major leaguer until you're about 28 years old. Those guys aren't close to being that age yet. We haven't seen the best of them. I think what's
4: interesting too, on that note, just to take it a step further, I think of somebody like Bo, led the league in hits a couple times already. I think last year was a huge growth thing for him. He got hot there at the end of the year. Mm. But I think he is right now, finally, at a spot where he's just ready to take off now. And you know what it's taken? It's taken experiences. These right. few years in the Big Leagues. Remember, he got called up in 19, his first year in the Big Leagues. He hasn't really had a regular off-season spring training and season because of the pandemic, because right. of the lockout, all that's gone on. He's had a regular off-season this past season, and then he had a regular spring training, and now I think it's he's, we're going to see who he really is this year. Uh,
0: we saw some of the new guys, and I want to ask you about Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermaier in a flash, but first let's go back to Kansas City, and here is the skipper,
5: John Schneider.
6: John looked like Kevin of didn't quite have his
5: fastball velocity today, but still kind of found a way to, to navigate his way through. How
2: impressive
7: is
8: that? Yeah, I mean, stuff speaks for itself. I think it was just you know we were checking with him kind of in between. It's cold. It was having you know kind of a tough time getting loose, but um, split was great. Um, I think he located his heater really well um, off of that split too, whether it be up or down. So it's what good pitchers do. They kind of make adjustments when they need to. Yeah, I mean Bass. That's a kind of an under undervalued job right there, coming in with traffic like that. Um, Yimmy, huge spot, obviously. A couple punch outs. He's kind of been doing that for a while for us. And then Simber, you know, quick and efficient in the ninth. Um, not exactly how we wanted it to play out with the score there. Um, but yeah, it's great that the guys came in and picked each, uh, picked each other up. What's
2: is there any thought
8: just on those lines uh, to using Jordan in that spot? No, he was down today. Yeah, I just, just didn't want to say anything earlier. Yeah, he was, I mean, I think early in the year, three in rows, asking a lot. Um, and, you know, love the other options that we have. In the second inning there, John, where uh, Kiermaier took the to extra base and actually produced a run, what's that like previous manager watching that? Run, yeah, love it. It's just, you know, kind of just a run that really probably shouldn't happen. Um you know, between that and the drop pop up and Bo getting a knock, you know. So it's, um, Kev does that, you know. He, we've seen him do it to us in Tampa. Um, yeah, it's, it's just you love that kind of effort and that kind of instincts in the field. Glad he seems to be finding a groove now. Yeah, he looks all right. Um, yeah, I think that he's really kind of staying within himself. Um, even when he's kind of getting out, he's kind of knowing what he's doing and, and kind of just missing, I think. But uh, approach is awesome. Um, you know, another great day for him.
0: Yeah, Vladdy's looking pretty good. Looking <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. I, I want to I talk about the new guys, because the new guys aren't looking so bad. If I gave you who's impressing you most, might I get two different answers from both you fellas? You get a lot of
4: different
9: answers.
3: <laughs> All right, let's start with you, I'll Jimmy. let you go first. Yeah. I'll go the other way. Well, whatever. you know who will impress way. me? I'll tell you who will impress me. Uh-oh. Tomorrow night, and this is, this is going to be the pitch come. Chris Bassett isn't busy doing this. <laughs> All right, yeah. that'll impress me. Remember, we talked about this as last outing. Sure did. Yeah. Toss that thing aside. Let the catcher do the work. Okay, so yeah. there's one. There's one. How can you? I not... love your pitch call. I, that was good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I don't have a, a remote to, to tape to my wrist. Um, how can you not be impressed with Dalton Varshow? Here's what I love about Dalton Varshow is that I don't know about you guys, but when I go home late at night after a Jays game, I like to watch very particular teams. A lot of it depends on the team or the venue. So I might tune into an A's game because I love that old stadium or a Dodgers game or whatever it might be. Mm. I rarely, rarely you tune in Oakland. to see the Arizona Diamondbacks right, yeah, yeah. for the most part Holy due God. to the fact that they have 1800 different uniforms and I can never tell, <laughs> you know, who is who. Get off my lawn. So we did not see, at least yeah, I yeah. did, not a whole lot of Dalton show over the last three years. But now we're getting a real good look at what we like to say on the broadcast is a baseball player, Joe. <laughs> Even though everybody in uniform is one, this yeah. guy's a
4: baseball
0: player. There's guys who play baseball and they're baseball players. Well,
4: he, he's gotcha. certainly very impressive. You know, I'll go the Kiermeier way then. And the only reason I say that, too, is with Kevin, this team made a statement, and it was in early November in the offseason. And the statement was when they traded to Oscar Hernandez, the statement was they need to get better in the outfield. And they did it. So they brought Kiermaier on board, too, as a free agent. They trade for Varsho, and you see how this has all transpired. That all moves George over. to. They've got three center fielders now. This could be one of the best outfields in baseball. But what Kevin Kiermaier brings, and, hey, we've been watching him for years. Blue Jays fans know him very well. Just go out and play a great center field. I don't care what he does offensively. In fact, I had a fun chat with him in spring training. He was coming out of the cage one day, and I asked him about that. He said, when I come here now as a one-year free agent, I don't have to hit a whole lot. I don't need to show any power. He hopes to lead the league in singles. He doesn't want to hit a home run at all. This all makes sense. He knows who he is, and what a huge help to this I just team. just want to
0: welcome those watching on Sportsnet 360. Before oh, you jump in, yeah. uh, Jamie Campbell, who is with me, Timothy McAuliffe, along with Joe Siddle and Jesse Rubinoff, taking your feedback. Jays take uh, three of four from the Royals, 6-3 mm-hmm. the
3: final. This is the post-game show here on Tim and Friends. Jump in, Jamie. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know what I love about Kevin Kiermeyer? I stood beside him at the autograph session at the Winter Tour. All the kids were being pushed up toward the front of the line, and all the moms stayed exactly where I was standing because they were looking into Kevin Kiermeyer's arms, saying, and I could hear them. I could hear them going, He's dreamy. Yeah. Well, he's dreaming for fans who also like the
0: little things. And we were promised the little things in baseball this whole offseason. And today was another example of a few. Like, I don't know if I've seen someone take second on a ground ball to center field very often as a Jays fan period. And this is the second time in seven games where I've mm. seen Kiermaier do something that you don't very often see. And that is taking the extra
3: base when it doesn't look like it's available. Because we used to see him sure do it against yes. the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, I saw it three times last year at least, right? I turned yeah. to you during the yeah. broadcast I said, remember when he was wearing a Rays uniform and doing that against the Blue Jays? It's wonderful to see. So let's talk about the starters because,
0: uh, I mean, listen, I worked opening day with the Ken new Newfellas and it was a 10-9 ball game. It was exciting. It was entertaining. And then we got through almost an entire round through the rotation. And there were some nerves in Jay's Nation about what was going on here. Last three st- – and listen, I know the Royals scored just four runs in their first three games. But Gossman. Six innings, four hits today, seven Ks. Manoa, seven scoreless, just the one hit last night. Kikuchi, five innings of one-run ball, three hits. Add it all up, the last three, Jays starters, 18 innings of one-run ball, allowing just eight hits over the 18 innings. I know it's the Royals, that's the quantifier, Joe, but that's what you want to see from these guys.
4: Absolutely, and I think you know. You joked about Chris Bassett, but I'm anxious to see him his next time out mm-hmm. because we all know that he's a lot better than that. And, uh, you know, you see the three-year contract and right away you think of Jose Barrios, you know, signing a starter long-term and what is that. But I would say let's preach some patience here and right. be uh, very cautiously optimistic that he'll be just fine. You don't have that pedigree and then just blow up. I really believe, and you can say what you want about this pitch calm, but is he a veteran that can handle it? Sure he can. He probably do anything. He's been around a long time, but why have any distractions? Let your catcher call the game. I don't right. mind it on his glove in case the pitch clock's going down, then use it, but let him focus on executing pitches. He looked out of sorts. If anybody says differently, they're wrong because he looked out of sorts. I don't care how long he's pitched in this game, how long he's been in the big leagues. He just didn't look right in that ball game. So get back to your routine of your catcher calling the game with his transmitter there. And right. if you need to jump in, but other
3: than that, don't mess up that routine. We could spend an hour talking about Barrios. Do you believe in Kikuchi, based on what you saw this spring and what you saw in his first start? So I don't put a whole lot of stock into spring training, but it sure is better to pitch well than not pitch well.
4: <laughs> right. And I also said, Talk to me April 30th. Give these guys a handful of starts, and I say Kikuchi especially because I want to see him go through a few different teams. I want to see the routine. I want to see the every five days. Right. Great start, though. Great start. Uh, yes, it's the Kansas City Royals but he did what he had to do. But I I need to keep seeing it again to believe it's going to play. He's talking about routines, our
0: routine includes Jesse Rubinoff on the Wheels of steel that is at Tim and Friends on the socials. What's
10: going on? What are we getting today, buddy? Uh, we're getting a bunch. Uh, before I show you the Engager, uh, Suresh. Sent this in footage of the producers of Tim and friends. Every time Tim says son of a Bichette. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Tim and friends, our account posted out. What's the uh, what's been the biggest surprise of the Blue Jay season so far? And we have a bunch of answers and obviously we'll get the opinion of Jamie and Joe as well on these. Drew says Matt Chapman's hot start to the season and the amount of runs they've been able to get without the home run ball which I think is, has been a surprise for everybody. Us, yeah. uh, Big Mac says, how aggressive and smart they've been running the bases. They're consistently getting extra bags. Guys, feel free to jump in whenever you want to. All of the above. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daryl says, people who thought Belt was a good addition to this roster despite his 2 2022 campaign. So even though the Jays are uh, winning, you're obviously going to get some Patience. some negative. Patience. Patience. Some negative. As so it.
3: Belt's interesting, right? Yeah. Because here's a guy with pedigree, with experience, with a strong left-handed bat when things are going well. THERE WAS SOMETHING AMISS WITH HIM FROM THE BEGINNING OF CAMP. I mm-hmm. REMEMBER GOING DOWN FOR FIRST DAY, HE WASN'T FEELING THE GREATEST. NOBODY SEEMED TO KNOW WHAT THE PROBLEM WAS. HE WAS OUT FOR AN EXTENDED PERIOD OF TIME. AND WE'VE SEEN IT FROM ALEJANDRO Kirk, RIGHT? IF, if YOU DON'T GET YOUR SIX WEEKS OF FULL SPEED AHEAD, SOMETIMES YOU START SLOWLY. SO I THINK GIVEN THAT, Brandon Belt has has been in the big leagues as long as he has, given that he has a proven track record. I think there's a guy you got to give a little bit of rope to Mm -hmm. to see what he's capable of doing. Two or three weeks from now, we might be thinking, okay, we knew he was going to come
4: around. You have to, just because of what he's done. And the the only reason the Blue Jays signed him one year, nine million, is because they think that that bat can still play. After the knee surgery, due to his age, regardless of his age, it's a great gamble. Because he could turn into a pretty darn good left-handed bat. If he doesn't, it's one year
0: Yeah, and that's what it is right it's the gamble and if you get good
4: brandon belt you're gonna you're gonna do pretty well but you do have to give him a little time and good point he and Kirk both haven't looked really good yet both kind of out of sorts yeah both with delayed spring trainings a couple more
10: from Jesse Rubinoff before we let the boys go there's a new Blue Jay that that has yeah that has been important uh, (laughs) the the importance of Kevin Kiermaier way better than advertised uh, so far nobody's grumpy yeah.
3: Nobody's, well, nice. Nobody's a nice with. Nobody's can read Ivanka Osmak, grumpy. This is wow. good to see. <laughs> that's what we like.
10: Uh, Sophie says him. Just that's all you need to say. Mm. Matt Chapman has been has been him uh, so to speak so yeah. far this season. Uh, Kerry says Espinall's lack of playing time and Biggio's glut of playing time, which has been a surprise. I love for how Kerry. people are upset about the 26th spot on the yeah. roster.
4: That, that's that, usually a good that's sign, a good isn't sign. it? Yeah. Pretty good yeah. team, right? Yeah. Let us not forget <laughs> Santiago
3: Espinal was an all-star, all-star last year. <laughs> and he yeah. hasn't played in two days. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious to know how that's sitting with him right now. He's going to have to buy into the mm-hmm. fact that everybody's going to get their turn eventually, except for the big names.
10: Right. And he hasn't achieved that just yet. Well, Jamie said nobody's grumpy. Uh, Julio writes in and says Trevor Richards being oh. on the team still is <laughs> <Okay. laughs> well, <it's> a surprise. <laughs> yeah. so, what's yeah, the old line
3: from the, yeah, yeah. Little, the little rascals? You can't please all the people that's all right. the time.
4: <laughs> That's right. You know, Matt Chapman, I, I love that one with Matt Chapman that just said him because he's, I'll, I'll say surprised, and we know he's a great player, but when I watched him in spring training, he was adapting to this new little toe-tap thing he had going on at the plate, and he was fighting it for me. All spring, I'm watching him, and it just didn't look right. It was rushed, and he was kind of like separate little parts. He just didn't seem right. Then all of a sudden, the curtain goes up, and he's locked it in. Yeah. So that has surprised me. I didn't doubt that he might figure it out. But not this soon, and he's in a good spot right now. Uh, I'm always in a good spot when you guys roll (laughs) in here. Thank you very much for doing a little OT
0: here on on Tim and Friends.
3: Hey. To both of you, thanks for having us as guests over the last couple of years. We, uh, we're honored to be here for the final time, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys on opening day.
0: Uh, yeah, opening day will be fun, and I will say this. Uh, these are one of the ones that I will miss the most, just having you guys mm-hmm. wander down, talk a little baseball. Drink some beers. After, yeah, we're going to open, open fridge that fridge right up. Yeah, and, hey, what are we going to lose now? we only got yeah. three more shows. after <laughs> <actually. laughs> <laughs> uh, Rubinoff will have more of your feedback coming up. These guys are bouncing, but tons more. Post-game coverage on the way. We'll hear from Ricky Romero, who will join us to dive a little deeper into this Jays win, plus a closer look at the new look, Rogers Center. Later on, we'll move on to Hockey Elliott, Friedman, Leafs Bruins, all coming your way. Tim and friends got you till 630 Eastern.
1: hitter in Matt Chapman seven for nine with five homers and a walk in his last ten plate appearances against Jordan Lyon. and he drills the ball to left field and it is off the wall a two run double to say he is in a good place right now would be a big understatement and a high fly ball well hit to right Prado back at the wall it is gone first home run of the season for Kevin Biggio. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. launches one to left center field, and it's gone. His second in as many games. Look at how far that one went.
5: He's a special player. Kevin's got it working so far today.
1: And there it is. Strike three called. How about that? 95 on the corner. Yeah, he's really throwing the ball well. Kevin Gossman is now through two starts without having allowed an earned run. And the Blue Jays lose the first but win the next three here in Kansas City.
0: And because of it, some feel-good vibes around Toronto Blue Jays fan. They take this season, uh, excuse me, the series finale in KC to improve to 4-3 on the year. Ricky Romero on the way momentarily. Plus, Mark Shapiro one-on-one with Hazel May from the newly renovated Rogers Center. We will get our first real look at that. And then we'll broadcast from there on Tuesday here on Tim and Friends. But first, here's Kevin Gossman after his second straight start allowing
9: zero earned runs I felt pretty good with this split today um I feel like I had good command that got better as the game went on with it and so uh yeah I mean it's a big pitch for me so when that when that pitch is is moving the way I want it to um you know it sets me up to have success for sure obviously the last couple days I thought we've kind of put everything together wise um you know offensively and defensively and pitching and so um you know yeah it's good to good to win three in a row and then go into uh anaheim which you know talent wise is one of the best teams in baseball and so uh you know trout and otani obviously but they got a lot of other really good players and um, good pitchers over there too so you know we definitely don't take them lightly
0: all right elliot friedman is coming up we'll have uh A tee up for the Leafs and Bruins on Sportsnet Ontario but we continue talking a little Jays baseball with former Blue Jay Ricky Romero who joins us now from his California home. What's up Ricky. How are you man.
11: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: Uh, Jesse, good. Myself, oh, yeah. Great. good. Yeah.
11: of course. And uh, <laughs> the Jays, good.
0: They won their third straight ball game today. Listen, I heard people talking about Kevin Gossman not having his good stuff today. I love it when I see a pitcher not have their good stuff and still go six scoreless.
11: Yeah, I mean, that happens from time to time. And obviously, being a starter in the big leagues for for a few years that that happened to me and and Pat Henkin used to always say how many starts do you really feel good for when you go out there during a whole season when you put 32 starts together how many do you actually feel good for and I guarantee you many pitchers will say maybe four five six the rest you have to kind of grind and sometimes that's just what happens and when you see what Kevin Gosman did today where he's like anywhere from 90 to 95 and working on that command and throwing that nasty split uh change up um i mean that's that to me is a recipe for success and when you're able to do that and go out there and not maybe feel your greatest uh, and still get seven sh- shutty, i mean that that that's great in in my opinion and again i mean sometimes as a starter you're not always going to feel good it's not always going to be pretty or the way your body feels coming out of the bullpen but Um, that's where you mentally have to grind it out and when you do that you feel so much better than the outings that you did have your your a plus stuff well let's talk
0: about that feel so much better because listen i've said this a number of times on the show with jesse but we got some different viewers watching the jays game and sticking with us but Connor mcdavid talked to me best player on planet earth in the game of hockey about his confidence even though he led the league in scoring last year and Listen I know the Royals only scored four runs in their first three games but the last three J starters 18 innings of one run ball allowing just eight hits over those 18 innings is the confidence gained from pitching like that transferable
11: oh yeah I think so I think it can get contagious especially we saw what Kikuchi was able to do and then you go you know, back up, up to the top of the rotation with Manoa and Gosman, and yeah. we said it last week, right, Timmy? We said, hey, we want to see how Alec Manoa is going to bounce back from that rough outing yeah. after opening day, and he showed us. I mean, this is this is who he is, and and that's going to happen from time to time. He's going to get punched in the mouth, and it's how you recover from it. And I think Alec Manoa did such a good job of that last night. Let's face it, the Toronto Blue Jays are a lot better team than Kansas City Royals, but in saying that the Kansas City Royals are still a big league team and they're not going to back down from the Toronto Blue Jays. So this is where as a as as there's so much talent on this team, you can't take teams lightly because anything can happen on any given day. And Manoa came in, Gosman came in and they both gave gave uh, seven good innings of of, of ball. And as a manager, John Schneider has to be sitting really, really happy because one, you kind of don't have to dig into the bullpen as much and you get to come to Anaheim where you're facing. Two probably of the best hitters on the planet in Otani and Trout. So that should be fun.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a ton of fun. We got three with the Angels before the Jays return for their home opener against Detroit. On April 11th, we will be live from there with Tim and friends. Your pitching matchups for the Angels. Interesting. But, you know, I almost got sick of the new look jays that i was being promised in spring training it was with the wbc a little longer a little more expanded in the spring and by the time we're always done in grapefruit league action you are like all right let's get to the real games here but i kept (laughs) hearing this promise of oh we're gonna play a little differently defensively it's gonna be a little bit more heads up base running is gonna be important and i know it's a small sample size ricky but like i've seen a lot of real heads-up baseball. And it makes me feel like some of this tinkering and some of these promises are being fulfilled.
11: Oh, 100%. And I think it all starts with defense. Obviously, when you add Dalton Varsho and then Kevin Kiermaier, I mean, it's no secret. He can go out and get him with the best of them. And I think you saw it today. Kevin Kiermaier, I mean, stretching a single into a double with two outs and then Bichette comes and, and drives him in. Little things like that are so big in a, in, a, in a game and you put the pressure on the defense at all times and, and when when a pitcher knows that that oh man, these guys are going to be so pesky with two strikes. We saw a lot of great two-strike hitting today too where guys are willing to go the other way. It wasn't just pull, 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 pull. Even Blatty in the first inning. Two two strikes, he takes takes the ball the other way. Bo Bichette, we saw it hit. He, he did it a few times. So And then Kevin Kiermaier to me, I mean, he plays like it's his last game every day I mean to take a single to a double and then at the end even on a ground ball he's running a hard 90 down the line I mean it, I, I that, that type of stuff in my opinion is contagious too and it, and it brings a different dynamic into the team and you can just see it defensively like I said and then base running
0: yeah and it raises the bar right like if you don't play to that level all of a sudden there's guys in that dugout looking over at you right
11: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think so. And Kevin Kimreyer comes from an organization where I feel like they Not do a lot, of, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of things the right way. Yeah. And and Temp- there's no reason why Tampa is so good, and and they continue to be so good as as the time goes on. All right,
0: you mentioned the opposite field hits. Jays coming into today had 19 hits to the opposite field. That was second in the big leagues, just to back up what you're saying here. Uh, Jesse Rubinoff is always backing up what we're saying here. Lots of feedback at Tim and Friends. The differentiator on this show is we allow that feedback to make its way onto the show, you got stuff for Ricky?
10: Yeah, so we asked uh, online, uh, what's been the biggest surprise of the Blue Jays season so far, Rick? Uh, I'm going to roll through a couple here, and then I'll ask you a question. Ali um, says, not necessarily a huge surprise, but most stoked about watching the kind of ball Varsho and Kevin Kiermaier are bringing to the up, table. We're just talking about that. Yeah, it, they've, been, they've been great. Uh, ben, base running has improved dramatically, small ball offense now a concern for opponents and I want to get to this one because I think it's it's an interesting take uh, Chris says the lack of atmosphere in the dugout from last year tell me I'm wrong please oh, he's so miss- maybe he's
0: missing the home run Jack looking for a bit yeah maybe looking for a
10: bit of a, a an issue here but I want to get your take on that Rick because it, it is a bit more understated in the dugout not that that's a good thing or, or a bad thing but what have you seen just sort of how they're communicating with each other maybe getting used to each other still here early in the season
11: yeah I, I- I think it's 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 businesslike, and not that it has to be businesslike because again, we want to see a fun dugout. We mm-hmm. want to see a guys going out there and enjoying the game of baseball, which I think they are. Um, I just, I mean, I just feel like everyone's pretty locked in right now. I mean, when you look at these hitters, and and it's still early in the season. It's still, I think these guys are still getting to know each other, even though they've had a full spring together and stuff like that. It's different when you have twenty five guys, and those are the twenty five guys you're going to roll out with. But I, I, to me, I, I don't see, I don't see. To me, I'm indifferent to it. I, it's not like I'm seeing like, oh, yeah, there's like some tension or anything like that. I think that everyone's just locked in. I mean, Vladdy has came out and said it, man. Like, hey, like, I'm, I'm, I want to be locked in this year. I want to do this. I want to do stuff differently. I mean, we all heard about the trailer and stuff. And he, he even came out and said, I, I regret I kind of regret saying that. So mm-hmm. I think it's more business like it's, hey, we we got the team. Let's go out there and win and, and and let's take care of business. And and the rest will take care for itself. I think um, eventually, as as time goes on, I think this. It, it, you're you're going to start seeing probably these guys loosen up a little bit, and obviously it wasn't the hottest of starts to the season, so that probably had something to do with it. But right. I think they're going to be just fine.
0: We, we saw the video of Hector Lebron putting on the imaginary yeah. home run jack, and yeah. I thought I think that's where a lot of this comes from, honestly. But Vladdy's been locked in; it's not like it's affecting his play. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been as good as anyone in the big leagues.
11: Yeah, I mean locked in is an understatement right I mean yeah. the swings he's taking right now and the fact that what is it one strikeout as opposed to five walks I mean if he continues on this pace man watch out I think he did it after he hit the home run I think he flashed the little money signs <laughs> that stocks is going to keep rising on this young <laughs> young superstar
0: uh, you see the numbers here and there were some kind of looking at what Vladdy did in the first couple of games but the amount of hard hit balls, like his actual numbers coming into today and his expected numbers, meaning what they normally do when you hit the ball that hard, are, are way higher expected. So he has been absolutely seeing it very well. And we're starting to see the ramifications with now two home runs in as many games. Hey, listen, we always love talking baseball with you. Thanks for dropping by. And uh, I guess the Jays are coming to you next.
11: Yeah, they are. I'm actually scheduled to possibly go to the game on Saturday. My son's all about it all of a sudden. So I think the baseball uh, thing has – the baseball bug has hit him a little bit. So (laughs) I'm excited to take him to the game on Saturday. So it should be fun. And as always, it's always great talking to you guys. And thank you for everything. Uh,
0: Appreciate it. Uh, The Jays headed to Los Angeles. Uh, Ricky Row country is what we call it around here. Thanks, Ricky. (laughs) Thank you, guys. There is uh, Ricky Romero joining us here on Tim and Friends from California. Mm -hmm. All right, listen. Jay's home opener just five days away in the newly renovated Rogers Center. This morning, the Jay's held a ribbon-cutting ceremony, which included President and CEO Mark Shapiro, Edward Rogers, and Rogers President and CEO Tony Staffieri as they showed off the renovation work done over the winter and the new fan-friendly viewing locations. Our own Hazel May caught up with Mark Shapiro afterwards as the big day approaches.
12: Pleased to be joined by the president and CEO of your Toronto Blue Jays, Mr. Mark Shapiro. I loved what Edward Rogers said. He said, this was your dream that they were happy to support you in. So <laughs> let's put all our talking points aside. What's today mean for you?
5: It's an uh, it's incredible to reflect on mm. what it took to get here the amount of research, the amount of planning, looking at other stadiums, other arenas, what represents best in class, and then maybe most importantly, getting out, talking to our fans, understanding what maybe some unconventional sports spaces, like the best patios in Toronto look like, <laughs> and what attributes of those we could bring into Rogers Center. So a lot of people, yes. a lot of efforts from a lot of people, incredible support uh, and belief from ownership, um, people that from the construction industry, designers, architects, planners, and a lot of Blue Jay employees all coming together to to deliver what is phase one, by the way. And now we're we're already working on phase two and thinking about that as well.
12: You answered my second question because I can't imagine the undertaking it took to the transformation in just one off season i mean you rhymed off a lot of people but can you explain to the average fan just how much blood sweat and tears went into this well
5: i think like any big undertaking it's only going to be as good as the planning Mm -hmm. so the preparation and planning that went in the research that went in to coming up and being very specific about what we wanted the spaces to feel like to look like Uh, and then we're the the most fun and the (laughs) best part is still waiting to see five days from now when our fans actually are in these spaces and then a week in, two weeks in, a month in, how are they using them and are we bringing in the people we hope to bring in and are the fans that have been coming experiencing the game in a way they've never experienced it before. So there's a lot of fun still ahead as we get to see our fans populate these spaces. But what led to today being, I think, a success is preparation and planning, like any effort.
12: So the Outfield District has five distinct neighborhoods. Um, do you have a, a personal um, best? What do you think will stand out most to the average fan? Well, I
5: haven't have experienced them the way they're supposed to be experienced, <laughs> which means I have not relaxed. in the, you work I have, 24-7. <laughs> I have not relaxed in these spaces. Um, they are so unique. I mean, I think the Corona yes. rooftop patio is dramatic. I mean, you walk into that space, it doesn't even feel like you're here until you look in the backdrop and kind of look, holy cow, this is just a really cool space. Um, so that's neat. I mean, there's there's a spot overlooking the bullpen, just a, a drink rail in the yeah. left field corner where you're kind of, oh you're on top of the field. You look to the left and the, the home bullpen's right there. And it's just a non-ticketed drink rail that I I think if I was a fan that would be the first place I would rush to kind of hold down as my own so there are lots of little spaces like that that aren't even part of the five spaces but have been created by creating access to the players and access to the field so it's going to be uh, a dramatically different experience when our fans come in
12: before I let you go we're at the catch bar what's the thinking behind this space
5: the catch is uh a hip trendy cocktail yeah. bar so yeah. you know it's a place to kind of be at a bar that happens to be overlooking the visiting bullpen and the field um, be able to get a, a good cocktail with with some of the best bartenders in the home in run Toronto. balls
12: used to just go into the abyss around here or in this they area used to just
5: go into a blank right. space a void right. between the fence and the seats and they're gonna sometimes come into here definitely during batting practice come into here
12: all right I can't say that I will be at the camera well from the sixth inning on. I might be here in one of the uh, district outfield places. Uh, thank you for doing this. Great, Congratulations. You. Appreciate it, Hazel. Thank All right, Mark Shapiro, guys, let's send it back to you.
0: Thank you very much, Hazel. And it's Hazel who turns around and crushes that Caesar behind because yeah. that's a Canadian drink, right? Yeah, like, yeah it is. Maybe yeah. Shapiro's been here long enough that he maybe, in fact, would enjoy a Caesar. But that Caesars are Canadian things, right? Yeah, yeah they are. It's uh, what is it, Bloody Mary
10: in, in the states? Yeah, more of a Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah there's no, there's so no it's not Adam. like quite the same? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I'm pumped to, uh, to see it.
0: Yeah, I'm in the age where I'm going down with the kids, but like maybe 10 years ago, 15 years, maybe 20 years ago, yes, I would have thoroughly enjoyed those areas. But the beauty of this is that you can do it both ways now. Mm-hmm. You can do it as the 20-year-old, or you can do it as the come after me, I'm 48. 47, I don't know how old I am anymore. It's okay. But you can go sit with the kids in,
10: in the areas, yeah. or you can go mingle like uh, you and the young kids. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be, I don't know if rowdier is the term, but there's going to be a lot of just, like, people moving about and socializing, and I think <laughs> I think it's funny now that the games are, like, two hours and 20 minutes, so its I don't know how much of a social event it is anymore. Usually it's, like, three and a half hours, four hours when they're playing the Yankees or Red Sox, and you can really... Uh, Get to the concession stands, but I just I just feel like it's going to be more of a, of a scene, like an event down there. Uh, part of the
0: the home opener is Tim and Friends uh, on the field, and Jesse Rubinoff will be roaming about. I say that you stand at the catch right as the doors open, because i got a feeling that there are going to be a few folks that have bought tickets that are going to try and run to a couple of those areas, and that might be the most... So you Popular? Just want, you just want to see me get run over, basically. No, I want to see the rush towards the area. Yeah. But if you get run over... I'm going to get
10: now. just stampeded, yeah. Uh, any, uh, any feedback on any of this stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, we just asked, what are you looking forward to most? And um, I'm going to miss the game waiting on the massive line to play shuffleboard, <laughs> says the, uh, FC uh, Crypto. Your boy, Bear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan, says, Jordan says uh, this, which I, I believe in credits friend of the show, Eilish um, Forfar. I think it's a hot dog seesaw. Of course it's a hot dog seesaw. Yeah. Who hasn't seen a hot dog seesaw exactly. before? Exactly. And then Gary just says, just getting inside <laughs> the building. I live in the Maritimes, Tim. He just wants to go. Make it happen. Figureitout.com. Figureitout.com, Gary. Yeah. Get in the old car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nothing like a roadie. Uh, I oftentimes take those roadies to Detroit. Yeah. Watch the Tigers play. Red Sox playing the Tigers today. Oh, look at that. Wow. What a Their home opener. Still got Detroit it. Detroit sport icon or sports icons, plural. Ben Wallace, Calvin Johnson, Nick Lindstrom on hand for the ceremonial first pitch. They call in the righty, and Miguel Cabrera makes his way out to the mound to help them throw the ceremonial first pitch. One, two, three, four, and those are four pretty damn good athletes, and guess what? Cabrera not only throwing it, he's hitting it. Career hit number 3,091 gave Detroit a 3-1 lead. It would not last. Uh, top of the fourth. Raphael Rafael Devers takes Spencer Turnbull. Like Oppo of Taco. Two RBIs blast. in this one. Cuts it to 3-2. Two. Two. Now top six tied at three. Adam Duval. That ball is hit hard and out of here. Hit it to Duval is County. Those are your winning runs. 6-3 Boston. The final.
10: Where's Duval County? Jacksonville. Is that a show, Duval County? No, it's like Jacksonville Jaguars. That's their thing. Their hashtag, yeah, yeah,
0: Duval. I, you know, I'm not one to take in. Did you have like a jag on your fantasy team? What are you watching Jacksonville football for? Oh, Red Zone. Big
10: big Blake Burtles guy? Red, it's Red Zone. <laughs> I, you watch every team equally. Yeah. Until the Jags are down. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But well, they're actually not bad you. this year. So they there we go. They're yeah. terrible. They were good. Mission, they made the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I got you. All
0: right. After the break, we'll continue uh, the Jays post game. Plus, we'll revisit the Flames huge win over the Jets last night. We'll also get to the Raptors missed opportunity against the Boston Celtics and what that means to Toronto moving forward. Plus, we take the stroll down Magnolia Lane for Master's highlights hey. next mm-hmm. time. Hey. 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 Tim and Friends postgame show continues. We are going to talk hockey and Raptors in just a second. But first more reaction from the Jays after winning their third straight ball game. Here's John Schneider on uh, Vladdy's rather warm start.
8: Yeah, I think that he's really kind of staying within himself. Um Even when he's kind of getting out, he's kind of knowing what he's doing and kind of just missing, I think. But uh, approach is awesome. Um, You know, another great day for him.
7: It's the same old Vlad. Um, You know, uh, I think uh, this year um, he seems uh, a little bit more calm and just, you know, being himself out there and letting things come to him versus, you know, at some points he tries to do too much. But, uh, you know, I I think, um, you know, I I think he knows how good he is. And uh, I think he's just letting the game come to him right now. Um, I think that's what he's going to do for the rest of his career and just makes the game easy for him. So the Jays uh, once again win 6-3 as your final. They
0: take three of four as they head to Los Angeles to take on the Angels. Three in California before returning home for the home opener at the newly renovated Rogers Center. Mm -hmm. Jesse Rubinoff, I have someone reaching out on multiple platforms telling me that they need to call the Corona rooftop patio the Corona bird's nest. Do you worry about things like that? Is that a solid uh, interjection on the day's festivities here today, or is that just something that
10: certain people worry about and don't need to? No, oh, I like it. Do you like it? Yeah. Send send it into the Jays, though, not us. Yeah, we don't have that power. They're they're asking that. may... Oh, uh, well. So. Well, yeah, that's actually not true. We. We
0: kind of do sort of yeah. have that power. Well, at least for four more shows. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Three and a half.
10: There you go. Alright. Wanna do first thing second?
3: Yeah, let's do a little first thing second. Yeah.
10: Alright. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a uh, very busy night in the National Hockey League with 14 games on the schedule. Uh, four on the Sportsnet family of channels. At 7 Eastern time, the Leafs visit the Bruins on Sportsnet Ontario and the Wild visit the Penguins as Pittsburgh continues to battle for a wild card spot. Later tonight, the Canucks host the Blackhawks and the Kings visit the Golden Knights in a big Pacific Division battle. Last night, the Flames came up with a huge 3-1 win over the Jets. Calgary and Winnipeg now tied with 89 points, but the Jets have a game in hand and the Preds still in the mix. Three points back with a game in hand on Winnipeg. So among those three, who's in the driver's seat for the final wild card in the West, Timmy? Nobody, and it's kind of fitting,
0: especially the way the Jets and Fames have played all Unreal. year long. Unreal. They have been inconsistent at best, and because of that inconsistency, I am not ready to do the cl- I'm Obviously, the upper hand is still with the Winnipeg Jets. They have one more game to play, and they own the tiebreak, so for me, it's the Jets, but... I would not be surprised I wouldn't even be surprised the Predators are still right there. They've got two games in hand. They play Carolina tonight. If they win tonight they will be one point back and still have a game in hand. Now obviously it's a tough matchup for them against Carolina tonight and then they get to play both these teams. So in a way the Preds also control their own fate a little bit here. And it'll be real interesting down the wire. And it's not just the wild card. Like, have you looked at the Central standings Mm -hmm. as of late? Have Mm -hmm. you looked at the Pacific stand? The entire Western Conference is an absolute mess. It's like the NBA almost. No, it's worse than the NBA. Look at this. In the Central, all three teams are tied with 98 points. The Avs have one game in hand. In the Pacific, we're separated by four points. And uh, it's the Oilers who have played one more than everyone else. This is going to be, listen, for all that I hate about the three-point games, this is what it causes, this chaos at the end. And it's been interesting to watch. It'll remain interesting to watch. And listen, I didn't think Calgary was going to bounce back the way they did after laying an egg at home to Chicago, but full marks to them. They played an inspired game, and it was fun to watch because these two teams played like it was a playoff game.
10: Must be a roller coaster of emotions for Jets and Flames fans this season. Because anytime you feel like you're on the up and up. At best, yeah. You get a gut punch. Yeah. And the Flames right now, like, we'll see what happens in the next game because usually when they play that well, there's a letdown coming. Yeah. So it's just been fascinating to, to observe those two teams, and one of them maybe could get in here, but it, it's been a dis- probably a disappointment for both, regardless of what happens from, from here. Not if they make some noise in the playoffs, but I think you understand what I mean. One of them may get in? Or is that a suggestion that perhaps natural? Oh, yeah, they they control their own destiny a little bit, so it's possible. All right. Uh, What about the Oilers? Like, uh, peaking at the right time, I would think. Winning again last night. Yeah, do
0: you believe in that? Because obviously the numbers are pointing that. They're 11-0-1 in their last 12 games. They're the best team in the National Hockey League since January 10th, going 26-5-6. And as you saw, now within a point of Vegas allowing just two goals in their last four games. Do you believe that they are the team that we have seen over the last little while? Oh, yeah. Oh,
10: yeah. I am very bullish on the Oilers. Very, very bullish. That scares me. That I'm bullish on them?
0: Yeah, because as of late, you've turned into like hot take Ruby <laughs> no, I on haven't. the internet. No, I haven't. Oh, without That's a doubt you That's not true. You the have. slightest. You, you might act like it's tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but you're tweeting all the same things that all the people who do the roller coaster things do, and then after <laughs> it turns, you say, ah. Or just This scares me a little bit that you're in on the Oilers, because you are the king of the recency bias. Well, you it's, fall been, it's, been, for this it's not bias. just
10: like a little recency bias anymore, though. That—that's what I would say. This has been like a month and a little bit here, which is you could what, argue what's the, regular season? What's the this has been, you, you could argue regular season. This has been since Jay Woodcroft took over, right? So what I would say to that is, it's a pretty decent sample size. And the alternative would be that they're not playing well, and they're just middling into the, no, both the season.
0: The alternative would be you don't believe in Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell or this defense core no. that before
10: Matthias Akilum join them was you know average at best but again another 3-1 game last night yeah like that's the thing that's that feels different here I know it's the Ducks I know but if you caveat anything everything then we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to learn anything from them until we get to the playoffs but you have to caveat things to learn from because because of the the Ducks I understand that they're the Ducks yeah just
0: the same way I did with the Toronto Blue Jays pitching The Royals scored four runs in their first three games and were shut out twice. So I'm going to hold off before Mm -hmm. I pronounce that the Jays pitchers are the best in all of Major League Baseball just like I'm going to hold off on the Oilers until I see it in the postseason. Even though they've
10: played wonderfully. They're due. They're due. McDavid, Drysaddle, they're due. Due for what? Like a longer run? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay.
10: That's the Western Conference.
0: Uh, What about Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, 100 points? Yeah, I remember early in the season, uh, I suggested to you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna separate my shoulder, patting myself on the back, that you were underrating the play of Ryan Nugent-Hopkins with this team, and it was. It was kind of, I mean, listen, I know that opposing coaches say good things about players, especially opposing coaches that have coached that player, but Dallas Eakins rolls in with the Ducks and says this is the most underrated player in the league and maybe even the most underrated player on this show. To have three players get to 100 points this season is spectacular mm-hmm. for the Oilers mm-hmm. and for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to do it in his 12th year after enduring some of those real lean times in Edmonton is nice. This is. This is is the first time since the 95-96 Pittsburgh Penguins that a team has three 100-point players. It was Mario Yager and Ron Francis for those pens. Check out Nedved was 99. They almost had four with 100 points. But that's a big reason why the Oilers have played as well as they've played. That's a big reason why the power play is as good as it is, which might be the greatest of all time. Uh, I'm
10: not lying here. I think I'm bullish on the Oilers, too. Um All right. What about uh, the East? Do you have anything to say about the Eastern Conference and that wild card race? Yeah, I I just think, like, I mean, we got the Penguins on the network tonight, Mm -hmm. Wild and Penguins, 7
0: p.m. start on Sportsnet. Um, I'm kind of, sort of, given the fact that there's no Canadian team in on this mix, no disrespect to anyone who cheers for the Panthers and Islanders in this country, (laughs) and there may be a few... Aren't you kind of sort of leaning towards seeing Sidney Crosby get back into the postseason? No because question. if they don't, no question. like, what's the future of this franchise? It's 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 an interesting look at what they have, and there's three teams fighting for two spots here, and the Penguins they got a decent
10: schedule to close it out. I'll tell you that much. Minnesota, yeah. then Detroit, Chicago, and Columbus. It's always nice to see the best of the best get to get to the dance, so not having Sidney Crosby I think would be a disappointment for for many hockey fans out there. I want to give a shout out to the uh, women's Canadian national hockey team with a, a 4 nothing win over Switzerland on Wednesday. Natalie Spooner and Sarah Nurse both scoring as well. Oh, hold on, Natalie Spooner scoring four months after delivering a go. child to this there planet
0: Earth. Like, her first game back in front of the show, Natalie Spooner. <laughs> That ain't half bad. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I've seen childbirth. It's not a pretty sight, Jesse Rubinoff. And the fact that she's back out there after what is a car crash to the human body after four months is unbelievable. And I am incredibly in awe. Well, I haven't seen it yet. So that's why I let you take the reins on that one. Here you go. When are you going to see it? I don't know. I mean, Booby's gotta be
10: asking at this point, yeah, she no? She is. Yeah, she is. And when am I getting it? When oh, am she, I getting the grandchild, she is. Jesse? Yeah, yeah. That was probably part of the conversation <laughs> last night. Uh, all right, let's go to basketball now. The Raptors <laughs> lost to the short-handed Celtics, 97-93. What are laughing at, Sebi? With just <laughs> two games left in the season, the Raps remain in ninth place in the East and will be in the play-in tournament. So what's left to be decided over the final four days of the regular season here tonight? I've never met Bobby, but I love her. Yeah, she's, I'm a big fan. She's a big fan of yours as well. Oh, what's
0: what, what's what's left over the last few days of the regular season for the Raptors? Not a hell of a lot. I mean, it looks like they are locked and loaded on hosting the Chicago Bulls in the first round of the play-in. Is that what we call that? The first round of the play-in? First game of the play Whatever you want to call it, they got to beat the Bulls at home and then take on the loser of the Heat and the Hawks. At least that's how it looks right now. The Raptors would basically need a miracle to move any spots yeah. here over their last two games uh, and there are a couple of different ramifications that you can see. But last night was a prime example of why Raptor fans at the deadline wanted them to push rebuilt. And listen if you can't be I know the Boston Celtics are deep. I know the Boston Celtics are a good team but when Marcus Martin Jason Tatum aren't playing and you absolutely positively need a win you've got to beat them and the raptors went cold at a bad time but to me that tells you all you need to know about what
10: this team is moving forward 100 percent can't shoot it's, it's just it's disappointing because it feels like they like if they were slightly better at shooting the basketball they could be good, but it's a massive part of the game. It's a shooter's league. You gotta make, it's a make-or-miss league. I mean, you've been saying this all year, and, and while
0: I agree with you, there's also other ways that you can do it if you aren't shooting it, and I don't know if 6 of 33 is even close to shooting it, but when they shoot above 40 percent, they're 13 and 4. Uh-huh. But even then, like the Boston Celtics, when they shoot over 40 percent, you know what their record is this year? and Yeah. Right? It's better than 13-4. and Well, and it's also, you know, 31 times to 17 times. It's almost double the amount of times they've gotten to 40%. And they basically never lose when they shoot 40%. So what I'm saying is you've got to figure out ways to be good even if you can't shoot. And the Raptors, whenever they play the teams they're supposed to beat, they take care of business. But against good teams, they really struggle. And I don't know if you know this, but in the postseason, they
10: face good teams. Yeah. Right? Oh, so you're right. they that- they've tried. Like they've tried to adjust their like they have more possessions. They take more shots than other teams. But it's still when you're as poor as they are shooting the basketball, it maybe worked a little bit better last year. It hasn't worked this year. They have more possessions. Right. Almost every single game. And, and it just doesn't work. You know who
0: can't shoot either? Are the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. And because of it, uh, they lost to the Clippers last night. That West in the in the NBA is going to be really interesting. And, of course, uh, OKC's got a big game tonight. You're cheering for... Like, anyone who's not a huge Luka fan mm-hmm. or maybe a Kyrie fan is cheering for OKC to get in, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Canadians, for sure. Uh,
10: there's There's some Canadians who... Call Luca homie too. Well, is the shine quickly going off of uh, Luca Doncic a little bit here? If they fail to no one's blaming to Luka. make it in. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a little bit. I'm starting to see a little bit. I think everyone's going to line up to blame Kyrie on this one. Oh, uh, f- for sure, <laughs> right? For sure. But if Luca right. is the I don't know, generational is probably too strong a word. But as good as people say he is, then you almost have to single-handedly drag them into the playoffs. Well,
0: that's, that, yeah. If you counter uh, Luca with what Shea is doing, yeah. Right. Great comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, what what I think that is, though, is you need to drag Shea into your top 10 players in the NBA and then you're with Luca. And that's why you've got what you've got in the Western Conference. All right. uh, That was uh, first things second because we didn't have a first things first because the Toronto Blue Jays were on the network. They've got a victory. We will revisit the Jays highlights from this afternoon's game in Kansas City. Plus a visit to Boston and Sean McKenzie ahead of the Leafs and Bru- Does this one mean as much as it used to in the regular season? Uh, I don't think so. We'll discuss. Plus Elliot Friedman from the Hockey Central Studios. with just a week left in the NHL's regular season. Tim and Friends
1: rolls on. Tim and Friends.
0: And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Hey, everybody, Steve Dogs back here. Final half hour on Tim and Friends, Elliot Friedman in studio. Not the Hockey Central Studios. No, he's walking on down here. We're going to talk a little hockey ahead of uh, huge slate. 14 games in the National Hockey League tonight, including Leafs and Bruins. We'll check in with Sean McKenzie in Boston shortly. But the Jays wrapping up their series in kansas city earlier today start of the week jesse no feel good vibes no when it came to the toronto blue jays now of are different now george springer sitting this one out how would they do offensively well top of the first already runners on the corners the red hot matt chapman almost gets one out horseshoes and hand grenades but it's still two nothing jays after the double meanwhile kevin gossman making his second straight start excuse me his second start you I mean, look good. I'm not sure if Bobby Witt Jr. listens to 50, but he's a window shopper. MJ Melendez, then chasing That's the good. splitter. That's good. Window shopper? Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, know if you'd get the reference. No, I'll be honest one. with you. I was a big 50 fan back in the day. I'm a big Kevin Kiermeyer fan. Check this out. This is a grounder to center field. And you get lackadaisical on Kevin Kiermeyer, he's going to take an extra base. He does. Yeah. And now the Beau difference Bichette between the Jays and the Royals this year is not only they take the extra base, but Bo Bichette pops one into foul territory. Melendez drops it three pitches later. Make him pay. It drops in, and because Kiermaier taking the extra Hustle base, he scores to make it a 3 nothing lead. Top of the fourth, Kevin Bishop. Well hit to right. That ball goes beyond the the restraining fences of this yard by Major League rules. That is a home run. Solo shot makes it four nothing top the fifth. Vladdy Jr. Vladimir Guerrero
1: Jr. Launches one to left center field and it's gone his second in as many games and it is now a five to
0: nothing lead. And look at how far that one went. Uh, 436 to be exact. Nice, Dan, swing. and a nice grab yeah, by the fan. Yeah, is slid over. Puts up the glove. Hey, it's I think this is town. a thing. I eh? the uh, the, the fake jacket, myself. the I fake home run I jacket. With him at least. Yeah, Gossman's still looking so good. Uh, no earned runs to start About the season. That. The ones against the Cardinals the court, were unearned, no no no, unearned so he's got an ERA no of zero through two starts. Not bad. That's not bad. That'll get it done. That's not bad. Bottom of the eighth now. Kansas City. Got three runs, we've got two on, one out. Here comes Yimi Garcia, otherwise known as Jimmy. Gets Hunter Dozier, pretty good hitter. Then, Nick Prado, blown away, escapes the threat. So we go to the bottom of the ninth, and because Romano's not available, it's going down, we're yelling Simber. Adam, to be exact. Gets Melendez waving that strike, three, seventh career save for Adam Simber the Jays take three or four from the Royals 6-3 victory here's John Schneider on another impressive start from the man with the zero
8: era stuff speaks for itself I think it was just you know we were checking with him kind of in between it's cold it was having you know kind of a tough time getting loose but um, split was great Um, I think he located his heater really well um, off of that split too whether it be up or down so that's what good pitchers do. They kind of make adjustments when they
9: need to. I felt pretty good with this split today. Um, I feel like I had good command that got better as the game went on with it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big pitch for me. So when that when that pitch is, is moving the way I want it to, um, you know, it sets me up to have success for sure. Tough time getting Lucy at six scoreless.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leafs close to wrapping up home ice for their first round series with the Lightning taking on the Bruins in Boston. The Bees, two wins back of an all-time regular season record for a team. You can see this regionally on Sportsnet Ontario with more as the Leafs continue to tinker ahead of the playoffs. Let's check in with Sean McKenzie in Beantown. Sean?
7: You really put an emphasis on tinker there. You just wanted to use that word, didn't you? (laughs) I did. I apologize. Yes. It's a fun word. It's fair, and the tinkering does continue here for (laughs) Sheldon Keefe and the Maple Leafs, but we're getting closer and closer to seeing what the Leafs lineup could look like come playoff time. That was what Sheldon Keefe said yesterday at practice, and that he's still moving things around. He's still getting a feel for who he wants with who, but decisions are being made and we are getting closer to that opening night playoff roster. Now, it's the Bruins and the Leafs. It's rivalry night. Two teams that have had very good seasons. The Bruins, by far, are the best in the NHL. In fact, they're chasing history, becoming one of the best teams in NHL history but the message from both teams is that it's less rivalry night and more preparation night that they're not too focused on the result there are valuable points to be had but it's all about that preparation for the playoffs the good news for the Maple Leafs the tinkering continues because Ryan O'Reilly is back in the lineup he will center the third line He'll get a good look and what he can do coming playoff time and he said he feels 100 he feels ready to go the finger is good he can handle the puck fine he can shoot so that is good news leaf fans excited to get him in and he'll get a few games under his belt before the postseason begins
0: sean what are they doing with samson off here now with the injury to matt murray like how often do you expect to see him over these last couple of games
7: he's gonna go here tonight against the bruins and i think it'll be his net to kind of get a feel and warming up right here he's looked great he's going to be the guy and and simple as that i think he was the guy and has been the guy for a very long time so i think as long as he wants the net it's going to be his you'll see you'll see wall get some opportunities here just to get some play under his belt and, and maybe we'll see what type of load management we have going but it's his net
0: it is official load management has hit the nhl much to the chagrin of many a hockey dude sean appreciate you doing this as always Tim thank you there is uh, Sean McKenzie in Boston meantime a big one for the Jets and Flames fans as the Predators face the Canes in Carolina Preds enter tonight three points back of the two Canadian squads with a game in hand on the Jets and two in hand on the Flames Preds also still play both of those teams next week as the West wildcard race will come down to the wire elsewhere tonight Habs host the caps, sends playoff. Chances still, I guess, mathematically alive, but that may be about it as they face the Panthers who hold down a wild card spot entering the night. And of course, Canucks hosting the Black. Remember when this one meant something? Canucks Blackhawks. Always used to be a ton of fun. That's regionally on Sportsnet. Pacific. Joining me now in studio is Elliot yes, Friedman. Sir. Time for 3 at 32 with Elliot Friedman. 3 at 32 brought to you by GMC and the new Sierra.
6: AT4X. Good dinner last night, my friend. Very good. Did you, nice. you have a good
0: one last yeah, night? Yeah, very
10: good. Nice. I'm, little, I'm still full, to be honest. <laughs>
6: I know that yeah. feeling. A lot of brisket. Yeah, a lot of lot brisket. A lot of turkey. You
10: know, a lot of it, yeah. A lot of, like, big carrots. Yeah.
6: Chi- yeah. A lot yeah. of Yeah. Gefilte fish. Gefilte yeah, fish. That's that's fish. fish. Yeah. Yes. Baked, that's baked, yeah. That's big. It's just like Casey. saying gefilte fish. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's tasty. It's fun to say. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jesse had a text from Dad yesterday, though, in the middle of the show that it? we're starting dinner
10: without you. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. 6.30 shows off at 7. I think I Nice family you got. Yeah, well, no, it's fine. It's all right. Well, I, he made them wait. I still got the food. It's all right. you good. know. What exactly. if they really yeah.
6: loved you? They would have waited.
10: <laughs> I'll take it.
6: That's that tells you everything you
10: need to know. Exactly. Uh,
6: almost
0: fitting that Calgary won that game last night, given the way the seasons have gone for both those squads.
6: Look, we're in the business of high quality entertainment, as everybody can see, uh, <laughs> and uh, that is best for high quality entertainment. You want a playoff race? You got a playoff race, like. The the thing is like, and and I do believe this. I think great teams or good teams, when they have their opponent down and they have the hand around the throat, they. I know this is not the best imagery, but they <laughs> they choke out their opponent, right? Yeah, right. Like yeah. they they choke them out. And
0: you're just talking about UFC style yeah. chokeouts. Yes, Choke-out. yes.
6: Yeah. and the thing about the Jets is they've had some opportunities to end. The Western Conference race this year like I really thought a couple weeks ago when they started Hellebuck on that Mm back-to-back in Florida and they got out of there great that it was over like they were gonna coast to the playoffs and it just hasn't happened now they still have the math they have the best math they have the best goalie um, and that's why I still think they've got the best chance but boy they've made this way more interesting than they needed it to be
0: which franchise needs it more Calgary or Winnipeg? Because it both seems like they are on the precipice of some
6: change. I don't even know how you answer that yeah. question. I, I, like Neither one of these teams can really likes the idea of, of missing the playoffs oh, yeah. this year. The Jets, for the obvious reasons, and the Flames, because they thought they were going to be fine with the deals they made. I, I don't think anyone's looking here and saying, Anyone's better off if they don't make it.
0: Right. Um, The Edmonton Oilers have looked pretty damn good Mm -hmm. over the last little Mm -hmm. while. Now three players to hit 100 is Ryan. And I was saying earlier about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like 12 years to get to the 100. He's been through some of those lean times in Edmonton. It seems like a lot of folks are cheering for that guy to have some success, and he's had it this year.
6: Well, I I think this – the other thing, too, is if if he spends this entire contract in in Edmonton and there's no reason to believe he's going to be elsewhere – He's gonna be the mo- he's gonna play the most games in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, and wow. you know I mean you really think about that that's pretty incredible when you think about all the players who've been through there. Um, and uh, that's the one thing I think like he's a really low maintenance, unassuming guy, and I think that's one of the reasons like that's what I like about people like the people I work with like Amber high maintenance like <laughs> off the <laughs> chart high maintenance. Like just like if his one hair is out of place, the guy can barely function. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I really love low maintenance people. And be uh, yeah, that's not a <laughs> low maintenance guy. But that's the thing. Like you know, doesn't complain a lot, does his job. You know, I was looking. I was looking at his splits last night. I think he's got 56 of his points on the power play, which is just hilarious. But I'm like a guy like that. You're you're really you're really happy for and. Uh, I think it's it's a great thing for new journalists. I'll tell you something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I go through, like, every other day, I'm like, this person isn't getting enough love in the Calder Trophy voting. Like, yeah. last week, there was Jake Sanderson.
0: Right. It seems like Matty Benares is kind of home and cool But I got
6: to tell you, Stuart Skinner, he yeah. m- I, you know, I, you can make a real good argument that he should be the Calder Trophy winner this year.
0: Yeah, I got money on Baneers, so I'll tell you to shut your mouth. But I understand. I understand the argument. Baneers is a you know 200-foot player, and he can score goals. But no, this is the the way that he has played. And I I said this to Jesse earlier. Like, we know they can outscore teams if they can play the way they've played over the last week or two. Like, this is your Western Conference champ. Like, that's not a hot take. If no. they defend. They will win a lot.
6: They're deeper than they were last year. They're a better team than they were last year. Um, They got to get stops, and like like you know, you you go through that Western Conference. There aren't too many goalies that you look at are significantly better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So. Your whole goal here in the playoffs in the West, like I think Ottinger is is, is a bit of a yeah, cut above, and I think Hellebuck is too, and I think, uh, well, you don't have Nashville on the board because you guys hate Tennessee, but if Soros <laughs> gets in there, like he's a cut above. But other than that, all you need is your goalie to make one more save than the other guy, right? And and Skinner has shown that he can do that. And now that I know that you have money on veneers, I am going to be on the anybody but veneers train <laughs> the next week. So by the time I'm I wins,
0: don't know what the cash out is. I put up a significant amount. I, if I was irritate. you,
6: I would hit that right now oh, before you, you I start think that so? campaign. Uh, no. no, I just think it's it's. You, you know what I think. You know what I think happens. You're
0: an East Coast bias guy. No, no. no. Sorry, I'll, I'll tell he's, you, he's I, saying I, that Skinner isn't on it. I
6: have two. I, I, yeah, Skinner's not exactly, I, I have two <laughs> thoughts on this. Number one,
0: I think that. I love how you like my excuse for you on the East Coast <laughs> bias thing. <laughs> I,
6: I think. I think one thing that happens in voting is I, I think that whoever finishes strong. There's a There's a late There's a finish There's a recency bias. I think that's the Without phrase I'm looking for. And I think rec- the king of the I think bias. recency bias is a big thing <laughs> and the other thing too is we always get and this happens all the time in voting is like hipster voting like right. Beniers is the guy who's kind of been the guy for all year long, and then well everybody's going Beniers. I'm going to be the hipster. I'm going to vote for this person.
9: So <laughs> I'm I do
6: a think mustache, that Mustache kind of a sleeve happens. tattoo. By the way, I, I used to I used to do betting, wagering on uh, uh, awards, but uh, now uh, I, I can't vote? do that. I have a vote.
0: Yeah, 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 that's my. I'm just a futures guy. I like. Dabbling at the start of the year to see where it ends up. Some people don't have the patience for that, but i I love it. That's the only way I really do it these days. All right, so so Leafs and Bruins tonight. Sportsnet Ontario. Uh, Like this, is it a no hitter? Is it a message sender? Like what the hell are we going to see tonight?
6: Well, I mean, you know, like it looks like these two teams have got a pretty good lineup. Like Bergeron's coming back in for this game, and uh, even though like Hall's not playing and Krejci's not playing, uh, Bergeron's playing. Like the Leafs have a of a Tavares, Nylander, Marner line tonight. O'Reilly's playing. Right. So, I mean, Allmark's not playing. Samsonov is. Um, I don't think this is, like, I think it's a pretty legit lineup. We'll see what it looks like when the, when the puck drops. Um, there's some pretty ornery guys on both these rosters. <laughs> um, but it, this doesn't look like, I, I think if there's going to be a no-hitter, it's going to be against Tampa Bay.
0: Right. Where you don't want to play any of the cards. Well, that... I
6: wouldn't play Samsonov against Tampa Bay. Me either. I, I wouldn't do that. I I would play Wall, um, and uh, you know the other thing too is like you watched Tampa last night. Like they're out for blood a little bit at the end of the season, and that's kind of that was of a gigantic. fun game to watch last oh, night. It was a great game. I'm gonna tell Carolyn that you weren't watching her show. That you were watching, watching the, the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, the watching Rangers <laughs> Good luck. Nice knowing you. Listen, I, I, I was fl-
0: I was flicking back and forth, and both of those games were the same. Because yeah. the Jets and the Flames, it great hockey. yeah, it was a really good hockey game to watch, and kind of got us all excited for the postseason. That's
6: actually a big one, I, haven't, I actually didn't check, but you know Sorelli's health because he got hurt in that game. And if there's anything wrong with him, that's a that's a big loss for Tampa. He's out tonight. He's not playing tonight. Yeah, that's not that is what we say in Toronto. Ungood. <laughs> All right, uh, metropolitan Toronto educational system. That is, is that what un- I gotcha? <laughs> yeah. A little Undo-
0: ungood action. Yeah. Uh, so a little load management hitting the NHL here oh, yeah. as we turn down the stretch. Yeah, I yeah. mean if you're locked in, I get it. So do I. I get it. I don't yeah. get why it was such a big deal. Remember we were mentioning it, Jesse, about load management like halfway through the season because the Leafs and the Lightning were locked in, and hockey fans were getting pissed off. But yeah. if you earn the right to load
10: manage, then load manage away. <laughs> Is that an indictment of the, the playoff system, though? I mean, I, I don't want to turn this to a whole referendum on that. But yeah, Frank remember Frank
0: Saravelli like yelled at us? Yeah. He was upset about that. And there, there are just people saying... out there that enjoy this system. I, I get it, but it feels like sometimes we get our best hockey in the first round. And God forbid there was – it's not going to work out this year, but that's also because the Leafs and the Lightning were allowed to take their foot off the gas. But God forbid we ever got
6: the top three teams – Facing each all, other in the first two rounds, because that pl- can happen. I'm a play-in guy. That's number one. Yeah, you are a big uh, playing play-in play-in guy. guy. But I now am convinced. I am convinced that people in the NHL like that some of their best matchups happen early. Yeah, mm. I don't know that I agree with that. But I think there
0: are people in the league who really like that. Yeah, I think so, too. Otherwise, it's not explainable.
6: Yeah. Because I wouldn't
0: mind the best matchups being, I don't know, like in the conference finals. In the com- yeah. uh, I, think
6: they, I think they like it.
0: Uh, I've been told in my ear, in this uh, little uh, little piece that we put in there, Free just got to go.
6: Why? I, you, know, you got a show to do, uh, apparently. It's, it's could do a blindfolded.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> your producer wants it. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, <laughs> as <laughs> always, <laughs> buddy. A pleasure, uh, that's Elliot Friedman in a tie that is almost birkish. <laughs> Time for one last break. We'll get you caught up to date on The Masters with Jesse Rubinoff and get the Game Time at Hockey Central. Coming up with Fridge. Are you on Central today? Yeah, that's what you am call All right, let's pull a curtain back here on Tim and and Friends. It's been a busy show. Uh, We had the Jays game. We came out. We did post-game for the Jays. And then we talked about a bunch of hockey. Leafs and Bruins coming up regionally. Sportsnet Ontario. Big Preds game for the rest of the country on Sportsnet. And I've had my own little Chris Vernon over here because Jesse Rubinoff has been giving me highlights. He's been giving me updates the entire time. And now... You give them to everybody else. Yeah, I've been a little
10: checked out, for being honest. i got the leaderboard refreshing uh, (laughs) every two two seconds. Well, I'm wearing green for a reason. I had a little extra pep in my step when I woke up this morning. Uh, You know I have the Masters alarm clock every day, 365. So that didn't change at all. But nonetheless, we bring you Round 1 action from Augusta. Uh, This is six-time Masters champ Jack Nicklaus taking his ceremonial tee shot to kick things off. little rocky pose there for Jack. Uh, Good to see him. But I... Still taking those ceremonial tee shots, here's Tiger Woods looking to tie the record with a 23rd consecutive cut made at Augusta, that's not going to help, par 4 fifth, lips out the par putt over on the 7th, another short putt for par, another lip out, the Scotty Cameron not cooking in the few amount of times we've seen Tiger so far this season, it's third bogey in 7 holes, par 5 8, Tiger bounces back, third shot, there you go, he's got the feels still, he said that, it's never about the feels, just if the putter can get hot. Leads to a tap in birdie. Part four, 11th Woods looking to go up and down oh, to save not. par. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah, feels weren't there on I that would. one. Yeah, yeah. A no. wedge maybe not working. Another there. bogey. Tiger looking to finish strong, though, on 15. A longer birdie putt than he probably right. would have right. liked. Yeah. Didn't matter. Sinks it. Next hole, another yes. birdie. Fifteen and sixteen, back to back. Finishes his round at right two over par. Let that Cameron go. <laughs> we'll see what Friday holds for Tiger. Uh, Tiger was playing with Victor Hovland, and he was on fire all day long. Par four nine, spins it back to set up his fourth birdie on the front years. nine. Par four eleventh, Hovland, long birdie. Look, you bet. The Norwegian finishes yeah, the as the clubhouse leader at seven long. under par. Par four first, John Rom. Oh boy. Shades this of Ernie Els from a few years ago. No. <laughs> misses the short no. par putt, then misses yeah. again. Settles for a four putt double bogey. How's that as a way to start your master's Just tournament? To but on the par five eight, second five, shot for Rom. He's already went under. <laughs> online. Yeah. Keeps rolling. And this one really is close. I mean that's from a long, long way good. away. He settles within a few off. feet of the hole. Led to an eagle. So E back. On the 18th, Ron just won nine. off the lead. <laughs> He's <cooking. laughs> Recovered well. He's cooking. Yeah. Second shot, I mean, yeah. dialed. Thought, what a way to bounce back. Yeah. Uh, on the green, rolls it in, finishes yeah. 7 under, the lowest score in Masters history after opening with a double bogey. By the way, the Unreal. timing
0: on my uh, Ferris Bueller's reference yeah. about letting the camera go yeah, very good. awesome.
10: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is Roy McIlroy, yeah,
5: Mike Dup at the Masters. Mike oh,
7: You probably know the line on this putt already.
9: Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually from, from where it is. It's... It's actually, a pretty, uh, it's actually a pretty straight putt. It actually might go a little bit left to right, just coming off the bunker.
7: Because How do you feel about kind of that?
0: Me. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. If you're it, comfortable actually, with it, I yeah, absolutely love it, and line, they should do it up. way more often. Well, he missed the putt. He wasn't playing very well for a while. It was time. pretty straight, <laughs> though, Jesse. Yeah, it
10: was. It was. It was a good read. Good yeah. read, but just not enough. Uh, he'd part of the hole. Phil Mickelson, one of 18 live players in the field. Now 17 Is Kevin not withdrew, but nonetheless. Part 12th. Nice tee shot. Spins it back, and with birdie, gets him to 100. Pars Phil.
0: He's wearing the black with the shades Still on. Still right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. Going full heel. Look at
10: Brooks Koepka. On 17, 33 yes, yeah. of the last four holes to grab a share of the lead he's at seven under. Well, eh? Yeah, he's in a, a share of the lead and he le- leads all live players as well. Par five second, world number one and defending champ, Scotty Scheffler, and this guy's just too good. That's a second shot approach, sticks it close up for not getting an eagle his entire tournament last year. He's got one that early, moves to two under. And as you look here, that's, I mean, Jason Day. Jason Day, we didn't even get a highlight of Jason Day nonetheless. Good day, mate. He's at five under in his uh, renaissance year. Cameron Young up there at five under, but no we got a three-way Mike tie. Weir. Come on, Mike show Weir. a
5: little.
0: I know you're like the you're like the hipster golf fan. You love Tiger and all the new guys.
10: Show a little <laughs> love to the Canadian no, kids, it's and amazing. maybe not the kids. So I mentioned that Kevin Na. I mentioned Kevin Na withdrew. He was playing with Mike Weir. Yeah. And when he withdrew, which I believe was after the ninth, right? Weir had to play the, solo? the nine-hole solo. And he did pretty well. well. You get a good pace going. I think what's happening is he's going to go out with a marker now is what they call it. And it's going to be someone from the membership at Augusta National. How would you like to be that person? How, how, I mean, listen, they're all like filthy rich people. That filthy are rich. Members, yeah. Really good, mostly, I yeah. would imagine. Uh, I think, but that's pretty cool. You think Roger Goodell is a good golfer?
0: They don't, they don't reveal yes. They don't reveal the membership at Augusta, but it's rumored that Roger Goodell is among
10: the members. Wouldn't surprise me. What does he make, $55 million a year? And And he's the commissioner of the NFL? Yeah, he's filthy. That would make sense. He's been going up and up and up. That would make sense.
0: All right, uh, here's what's on tap on the network tonight. Hockey Central coming your way. Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360 with a pregame for the Leafs and Bruins on Sportsnet. Ontario, that's a regional game. Padres Braves on Sportsnet. Now, Canucks host the Hawks regionally. I said Hawks, by the way. Regionally, later. And a huge one in the Pacific as Vegas hosts the Kings. By the way, for all those... uh, Curious about what happens to Sidney Crosby. Wild Penguins is on SportsNet and Sportsnet 360 outside of Ontario. Interesting one there. Black Hawks. What Stop chuckling, Subby. Is game
10: it time? Hawks? Yeah, I, I think. Know. You know game time starts with the penguins. Mm-hmm. who, like you said, host the Wild tonight. Pittsburgh is not currently in a playoff position, sitting one point behind the Panthers and Islanders in the East wild Card race. The Penguins have made the postseason in 16 straight years, the longest active streak in North American pro sports. If they don't make the playoffs, what would it mean for the future of the franchise?
8: Wow.
0: <laughs> I- I've been trying to kind of digest question. that for a while because... It's shaded in the idea of what's happened with the Hawks in Chicago and Kane and Taves. Mm. So that 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 threesome in Pittsburgh that has been together for as long as anyone has been together in North American pro sport, like Are they just gonna age out? Like it's been 17 seasons together. This is the longest tenured trios in all of North American pro sports, right? Mm -hmm. So like, do they just continue to play a couple more years under contract and slowly fade into oblivion? Or might we see this break up and guys go other places? Because under the salary cap, unless it's moving, there's not a lot of room.
10: Feels like like Crosby retires a pan. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it would be, I don't know, as drastic changes you can make without touching the three of those guys. Well, yeah. one of them's gonna retire eventually. Like, latang has been through a lot a over lot the last yep. little while. Yep.
0: Like, well, someone's going to retire out of that mix, but it's just, it's this trend under the cap, and I don't know if it's just pandemic cap and not moving cap of having, like, great superstars that can still help teams mm-hmm kinda just age into oblivion and I,
10: I to be honest with you, I don't love it. Do you really think there's a possibility that they could go the way of the the Blackhawks in the sense that they have they had the Kane and the tape just kinda muddled Peter away. Out. Petering out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's I mean that's the way they're going. They're
0: gonna miss the playoffs. Uh, they could miss the playoffs. That would be that would be devastating. Thank if, you, uh, thank you for the memories,
10: Penguins. If that's the case, if it is, a the, if it,
0: and listen, remarkably successful oh, too, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that run is unbelievable. All right, that does it for us, Hockey Central. Maybe they'll continue the conversation next across Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360. Well, Sportsnet Ontario, as mentioned, gets the Leafs pregame ahead of the Bruins and the Buds. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Only three more left here. It's sad.